everybody. Welcome to Unbossed. Senator Turner is out today. So you're stuck with me, Jessica Burbank, and we've got some very good stories for you. We're gonna talk about the right-wing coverage of the Club Q shooting. Matt Walsh gives us his definition of consent, which is a disappointing one. Herschel Walker had a big goof and we're talking Amazon again. And we've got Ben Glebe to do it all with us. Ben Glebe's a Rebel HQ contributor and has a great comedy special out. I'm a big fan, it's called The Mad Ones, it's on YouTube. Ben, how are you doing? Pretty good, Burbank. Happy birthday. Your birthday was yesterday. <laughs> that is true. I'm old. I call it your Burb Day. <laughs> there we why. go. Yeah. I should keep that. Yeah, it's your Burb Day every year. That way you can separate yourself from the pack. Not that you need help with that. Um, thank you for the Mad King plug. People should watch it. I don't disagree with you. I'm biased. My mom also thinks people should check it out. All right, let's get into let's get into some fun stuff. Okay. Are you ready to have a good time, Ben? I am ready for that. Yes, <laughs> I got a dog in my lap and I got stories in my heart. So let's get it going. All right, trigger warning. Here's Matt Walsh. Let's watch this. Unconsensual sex, which is bad, and then we have consensual sex, which we think is always good. That's what we. That's what we've. That's what the culture says. That's what we. A lot of us have. Uh, most of us, it seems like that's the idea that we have. It's like. As long as they're consenting adults who choose to do this thing, then it must be okay. Oral sex, there's a lot of disordered, gross, harmful sex that is nonetheless consensual. All of the cases that I mentioned, all the cases I mentioned, um, they're all immoral, bad, gross, harmful. But they're not all rape. We will be stuck trying to condemn all bad sex on the grounds of consent, which expands the idea of consent so broadly as to render it meaningless. So that when we really need it, when there is actual non-consensual sex happening, it, it, we, we don't have any meaningful way to describe it because the word consent has, has become to, is, is, is increasingly means nothing. So Matt Walsh is just a man who believes that people under a certain age can give consent to sex. And if you're wondering why he's saying those words in that particular order and struggling to say good sex, bad sex, consensual sex, all bad sex must not be consensual sex anymore because he truly believes in his heart of hearts that someone who is a child can consent to sex. That's what's going on here. I wanna bring you in here, Ben, just so we can briefly unpack what's been said. I mean, the use of the words good and bad is curious here because I think we also know Matt Walsh thinks that gay sex is bad sex. And the use of the word good and bad is interesting because I think a lot of us have had consensual sex that was not good. <laughs> so Ben, what are your thoughts on Matt's initial rant here? Yeah, that's what he's trying to do. He's like, that's okay, you can, you can call um, some of the sex that I have Bad sex, just don't put me in legal jeopardy. That's what this man is saying that he urgently needed to pull over on the side of the road and vlog about. It's so important for him to explain that consent should just be the word yes or no. It shouldn't also be whether somebody like you mentioned is of age or whether somebody is too inebriated to give consent or any number of reasons which should also count as not consent. He's saying, come on, pretty please just make that consent, but you can call me a dirtbag, but I don't wanna go to jail. For apparently the kind of sex maybe Matt Walsh likes to have, perhaps that's why he's defending it so vehemently. 
urgently screeching to the side of the road to share his thoughts? Is he driving back from a from a weird sexual encounter at the moment? The next morning, is it a drive of shame? What is this man doing? Yeah, he's like, I gotta get ahead of this. Let me pull over. Let me mic myself up right here in the car. He just keeps a mic on him, I guess. Um, <laughs> really ridiculous. Um, and he had more to say, so let's watch this. Involving Cardinal McCarrick, you hear about Cardinal McCarrick and, and the controversy surrounding him. Now there are accusations that he molested children, so you know that's in that category. But then, but then a lot of the accusations you hear about McCarrick and, and also with other, you know, some of these other things as well. These are, in some cases, he's having sex with seminarians. These are grown men who he allegedly lured into bed and then had sex with, but. As a grown man, if you let another man lure you into bed, and then you willingly, with no resistance, engage in sex acts with him, does that belong in the same category as the 12-year-old kids who are raped by men twice their size? Um, this is interesting. So. Rape is rape, obviously. And there are many people in positions of power who use their power and coerce people into having sex with them. Is that the same thing as raping an underage child? No, but it is still rape and it's still non-consensual sex. And we can talk about the differences there and what you believe is worse. That doesn't mean that it's not non-consensual sex anymore, just because there's degrees of how immoral we believe it to be. So I, I just think it's ridiculous that he's talking about this. A lot of though conservatives ignore pedophilia in the church, so thankfully he's actually bringing that up. Ben? Yeah, I also find it noteworthy that he just brushes over the pedophile member of the clergy raping young children, he literally says, well, there's the cases of 12 year olds, but let's focus on how good the guy is in other areas and how his sex should be allowed in other areas. It's just pretty disgusting that these are the hills that these people choose to die on. Who are you fighting this fight for? Priests who pledge to be celibate and then use their power to have sex with their parishioners. I don't understand what or is this guy just again trying, is Matt Walsh trying to lay the ground for him being able to take advantage of his own employees? Who knows? But it just seems like it's either unnecessarily done to drive a wedge between his followers and reasonable people, or there's some protesting that's going on a little too much there. Yeah, definitely. I have been wondering lately, like, where did this guy come from? Where did he get his start? Like, we all know he sucks. And it seems like I just heard about him because he was saying ridiculous, outlandish things. So, Media Matters did a write up on pretty much where Matt Walsh came from. It's called the Matt and Crank program. And it's about his history as a radio host. He was a radio guy. They found him. Uh, defending political violence, performing racist impressions of black men, and of course, promoting teen pregnancy on this radio show. So in a 2013 blog post, Walsh wrote the following. In modern Western history or society, we've delayed the onset of adulthood instead of inventing a new sort of human, the teenager. The teenager exists in this limbo which we've created. We call it adolescence. 
At about 16, you're an adult who is mature and can make decisions. You are that at 16, I don't care what anybody says. And if you're going to tell me it's different, well, then how come for the first 10,000 years of human civilization, that is the way it was. Uh, and Matt Walsh never apologized for any of those ridiculous comments. So this is a tweet where Matt Walsh said, this is the point in the cancellation where the target is supposed to fall to his knees and beg for forgiveness from a bunch of slandering trolls. I will be skipping that part of the ceremony. I, apo I apologize for nothing, piss off, thank you. So his idea that when you're a teenager and your brain is definitely not fully developed yet, most of the time your body is not fully developed as an adult yet because you're going through puberty and a transition to become an adult. Matt Walsh has decided that instead he believes pedophilia is okay. And he's gonna say that being a teenager is a social construct, right? And it's because he's such a free thinker, but these are the same people who will reject the idea that someone can be transgender and someone can be gay, ignoring that heteronormativity and gender are social constructs themselves. Being a teenager is a really real physical phase of your life where you're going through puberty. You're not an adult yet, your body and brain aren't fully developed. That seems clear to me, but this guy is just a weirdo and he's paid to distract people from what's really going on in the country. Ben? Yeah, the best part of his argument there was if it's not appropriate, to have sex with 16 year olds, and why was it done for 10,000 years? What was the rest of his statement there? If you're not supposed to take a rock and hit a woman on the head and drag her to your cave with it, then why was that how our species started? <laughs> I mean, the argument is without reason. And that's the way he seems to, he seems to wade in that pool quite a bit. Yeah, all the time with this guy. And it's ridiculous because here he is advocating for people having sex with underage people. And what is the right doing right now? Accusing people who are transgender or drag queens as being pedophiles when they're literally advocating for us to be able to have underage sex. Like those two things don't make sense. You're like, these people are bad and we're calling them pedophiles. But also we really believe, you know, as a part of our freedom as individuals, we should be able to have sex with teenagers. What? How are these people on the same team? Doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, I don't know a lot of drag queens that are trying to seduce 16 year olds. I do know the people that are defended by people like Matt Walsh, like the Kevin Spacey's of the world. Those people totally fine apparently. But if you dress up and have fun and explore the range of your identity, that is a crime that must end now. It's very confusing. Very well said. Let's get into some more of that exact rhetoric around the club Q shooting. It's no doubt that attacks on LGBTQIA plus people have been started by members of the right fomenting fear in people and spreading a lot of hateful rhetoric about this community. So outlets like Fox News, OAN, Newsmax, politicians like Lauren Boeber and Marjorie Taylor Greene, people like Tucker Carlson and Ben Shapiro have really been spreading a lot of this rhetoric and a lot of this hate. And they all have blood on their hands because by making this such a target and such an idea that dominates people's imaginations because of their relentless coverage of transgender people, gender affirming care and how they just reject the idea that someone should have the freedom to be able to express themselves however they want and be visibly queer. They hate all of this, they've made it a central focus in people's minds. And that has consequences as we know with the shooting in Colorado Springs this week. So these murders happen because people like Tucker Carlson are talking about this 
every night. Let's look at a montage of that. Anderson Lee Aldrich committed mass murder because you complained about the sexualizing of children. Sexually mutilating kids, sexually mutilating children, the sexual mutilation of children, the sexuality of children. People mutilating the genitals of children, running ads on Instagram promoting kitty porn, kitty porn, kitty porn, kitty porn. It's an endorsement of kitty porn. They are not doing it for a scientifically defensible reason. They are doing it because they believe in a very specific religious ideology. That's true, it's happening. It's absolutely real, you're not imagining that. The evidence is everywhere and it comes to light on the internet, it is happening. You can't just make up a story because it suits your pre-existing beliefs. Are we jumping to conclusions? Don't think so. Well, surely if Tucker Carlson is talking about this all of the time, Fox News must be covering things like the Club Q shooting as well. Because of course, violence against communities is unacceptable. And of course, him running these segments means that, you know, while he doesn't approve of it, he would never advocate for violence. And as a responsible media network, they would cover this. No, of course not. Of course not. Look at the difference in coverage across networks of the Club Q shooting. MSNBC giving it five minutes and four seconds of coverage, CNN giving it three minutes of coverage, and Fox News, I'm sorry, hours, hours of coverage. So MSNBC, five hours, four minutes, CNN, three hours, Fox News, under an hour, just 50 minutes. So this was just expected because it clashes with what their audience wants to hear and what they're used to hearing at Fox News. Tucker Carlson also spoke with the gaze against groomers. Founder Jamie Michelle, let's look at this. You know the tragedy that happened in Colorado Springs the other night. Uh, you know it was expected and predictable. Um, we all within Gays Against Groomers saw this coming from a mile away, yeah. and sadly, I don't think it's going to stop until we uh, end this evil agenda that is attacking children. I'm sorry, what? This evil agenda that is attacking children? What Tucker Carlson talked about earlier about genital mutilation of children is people receiving gender affirming care. We just spoke about Matt Walsh talking about teenagers being able to consent to sex. But should these teenagers also have some idea of what their gender identity is? And if their parents so chooses, and if they so choose to get gender affirming medical care, they should be allowed to. It is a free country and it's ridiculous that they're so hyper focused on transgender care and transgender health care. When transgender adults, so people who are living in the United States who identify as transgender is 0.6% of the population. And they're making it seem like this is such a large issue, something that everyone should be focusing on. And it's not just people like Tucker Carlson, it's people like Tim Pool as well who tweeted this. The grooming of children is not stopping. People are calling for more violence. I do not think legislators will stop the grooming. People will not stop calling for violence. So you tell me what happens next. We shouldn't tolerate pedophiles grooming kids. Club Q had a grooming event. How do people prevent the violence and stop the grooming? So this prompted a response from Steven Crowder, who said, strong legislation to protect children and an armed populace to protect themselves and their kin. So the transgender community makes up 0.6% of the population. If you are transgender, that does not mean you are grooming children. This means that you are someone who has a different gender identity than your sex assigned at birth. This has nothing to do with with 
having sexual intercourse with children. It has nothing to do with sexually molesting children. These two things are not the same and the connection that they're making just isn't there. So let's look at these people who have blood on their hands, who have covered this for so long and who have made gender identity and the idea of being transgender, something that is connected with the idea of being a pedophile. And they have scared people across the country, people who maybe don't understand these ideas because it wasn't taught in schools, because they don't have good sex education, because they don't have a community where they can have open and honest conversations about this. And they have taken that fear and weaponized it into hatred and that has consequence and it's led to people dying in the club in Colorado Springs. Ben? Yeah, this is very troubling and it's the consistent to be expected pattern coming from right wing media and right wing political leaders. You know, they they demonize people who are simply trying to express themselves. There's room for debate in this country as to whether or not um you think that somebody who's underage should get gender affirming care. I I think in, in some instances, if somebody's brain is still forming, that's a reasonable argument that they shouldn't be able to, to have irreversible gender affirming care. But there are some things that are hormones that can be reversed that would be fine with the consent of somebody's parents. But that's not the issue. That's a debate that people can have. The debate you can't have is trying to link that to, like you said, grooming of young people to become gay, which is not even a thing or to um, continually demonize a group of people that leads to violence against them, to hatred against them, towards hate crimes, towards shootings. That is the direct link effect and you're totally right, they have blood on their hands because they don't do it for any sort of genuinely held belief. They do it to scare and divide and it's just another wedge issue they can use to frighten people and make them think that these things are happening at scale. Like you said, 0.6% of the population identifying as transgender and they act like it's 30%. They talk about it like it's happening everywhere and it needs to be stopped. And they lie about the hospitals that are doing it. They lie about the ages that they do it at. They pretend like the Boston hospital does it to children that are under 10. That is absolutely not true. They just make up facts to suit their agenda and they don't care if it kills people. And then it does kill people. And then they come on and Tucker Carlson every time has his reactionary monologue where he says, they're gonna say it's because of us. They're gonna politicize it within minutes. Just because we basically made you fear that drag queens were ruining and grooming your children. And then somebody went and 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 killed them for it, you're gonna blame us. Yeah, because that's an obvious direct line. And there just has to be some sort of responsibility in broadcasting that holds these people to account. Yeah, I like that you brought up the the notion of grooming because I always think about grooming as in like getting kids into a place, right? This is a word used by people who are pedophiles. Like when you have a child, you you get close to them, you become friendly to them, you make yourself seem safe. And then eventually you take advantage of that relationship and the comfort you've given them. But I think you're right that a lot of them, now the word grooming means, oh, you're making them want to be transgender. You're making them want to be gay by exposing them to the idea that some people are transgender and gay at a very young age. And as someone who is queer, like it's so confusing growing up being queer, not having anyone to look up to 
who is the same way that you are. Like you grow up thinking something is wrong with you. And the fact that conservatives have idea that this is something that is taught or socialized is very strange to me because that was not my experience at all. I had no idea why I was attracted to other women and it was so confusing to me. So for them to say that like you're grooming someone to become gay is so weird. Like if I had people to look up to and people in my community that were gay, it would have been so much less confusing growing up. And hopefully, you know, more people can have these role models. But now people are gonna be way less likely to be visibly queer and queer in public because they're so targeted now and because they are unsafe if they do that. Yes. So people, people and the, the behaviors that you can groom are the kinds that these people themselves do groom, like Lauren Boebert with her Christmas cards, with her entire family holding holding AK. 40 or whatever, holding these insane assault rifles in, in their photos and acting as though that doesn't have a detrimental effect. Yeah, maybe a seven year old shouldn't be holding a weapon of war, but that's just me. I could be wrong on that. Maybe it's perfect. Maybe they should go on the battlefield too. Seven year olds should be able to go on the battlefield with their rifles and defend their country. It's about time. Yeah, that part they have no problem with. But in the United States today, they believe you should choose between the freedom of expression of being queer, or you know, and facing the threat of violence. You either are safe, or you do not express yourself, and you don't have that freedom. Great country makes a lot of sense. All right, we have to go to a break, but we'll be back after this. Welcome back to Unbossed. It's time for the best part of the show. As Senator Nina Turner would say, and I agree, where we read member comments. So Sina Hago Boom says, this Walsh guy is an evil troll. How do they keep multiplying? Well, when you can pay people a bunch of money to say very distracting things to people so that they don't look at how corporations are amassing large amounts of wealth and exploiting our labor, you know, a lot of people are gonna say, all right, I'll take that grift. Uh, so yeah, they're gonna keep coming so long as there's still money flowing to them. Neon says, Jessica is conquering TYT. <laughs> that might be true, that might be true. Uh, <laughs> I'm not gonna coo John's show though, those threats are empty. <laughs> Bernie the Kiwi Dragon says, oh, belated happy birthday, Jessica. Thank you, Kiwi Dragon. My burb day, as Ben says. All right, Ben, we're gonna talk about Herschel Walker. Are you ready for that? Never, but go ahead. Let's watch. Well, first of all, this election is more than Herschel Walker. This election is about the people. And I said this. This what is about the people? This election is about the people, Jessica. It's a very important election, Ben. It is, it is indeed. Herschel's been trying to explain that to women across the land for decades now. Yeah, it's a special election, some would say. It is indeed, and look. Obviously, it's just one of billions of misspeaks from this man, but it's a it's a pattern. I just did a Rebel HQ video called uh, Kevin McCarthy wants to do this, and his speech on election night or erection night, as it were, was a very short, like three minute speech. And in the speech, like seven times, he his big message for the future of the Republican Party was the Republican Party has a new direction for the country. He kept saying new direction, but it also sounded exactly like nude erection. And he said it 45 times in a row. He's like, and the country has been begging for this new direction and we're gonna bring it to them. And it just shows you how 
these people have very basic brains and they don't mind kind of this innuendo slipping through kind of like yeah. they've it's like an old neurolinguistic programming technique too it's to is to subtly talk about your penis to get people thinking about it ah i didn't consider that well, this is a, a very big erection that everybody's talking about. And the Republicans are risking nothing. And this isn't the first time that we've had, you know, Ted Cruz right next to Herschel Walker as he's rambling on. So the clip that you just watched was from Sean Hannity on Fox News. And so this happening multiple times in a row where Ted's just next to Herschel Walker nodding is hilarious. Let's watch that. I think Senator Warnock has proven who he's there for. He voted with Joe Biden 96% of the time. And those people need to realize what has he done since he's been in office. Is, uh, do they have more money in their pocket? No. Do they have, uh, look at that utility bill. Look at the things he's done since he's been in office. And I got to show him that and I got to let them see that because he's a hypocrite. And being a pastor, I say this. How can he keep the almighty oath to the almighty God and he keep it for them? He hasn't kept it for neither nobody. So that proves the type of man he really is. Why say lot word when few word do trick? That's why you've got, you know, Ted Cruz just <laughs> nodding along. They were like, hey man, just show up, sit next to Herschel and just nod. Like that's all you've got to do this evening. And let's not forget also, Lindsey Graham's very emotional pitch to help Herschel Walker out. Let's watch that. You got to tell Lindsay that uh, you were pretty impressed when we did push-ups in my radio studio one day together. Uh, I think you got to work on Lindsay. I'm not sure if he can do 10 or 20 at this point. And I look short and fat, and I am, but I'm all in. I'm going to do 34 push-ups. And if you'll give a dollar for every push-up I do, you will help Herschel. Then give some money to me because I'll probably go to the hospital. Are you ready? Okay. Tell me when. Go. One, two, three, four, five. All right, yeah, that'll definitely get people to vote for Herschel Walker. Way to go, Lindsey Graham. It's like Ted and Lindsey have been sent to go hold Herschel Walker's hand and make sure he gets through this. But it doesn't seem that their very valiant and dramatic efforts are paying off because the latest polling shows that for this big and very special erection, uh, the December 6th runoff, it's not looking so hot for Herschel. Warnock, Warnock's lead over Walker widened in the Georgia runoff poll. And I think it's really interesting because a lot of people were looking at how many votes went to libertarians and how many votes uh, you know, people just weren't casting in this election because they weren't excited about the candidates that they had to vote for. Because I remember back in the runoff where Warnock got elected, they ran on $2,000 checks. And those $2,000 checks not only did not come for a very long time when they were told they would go out the door immediately, they were also shorted by about $600. So. It's hard to run on one thing and not get it done immediately like you said you would. So a lot of people may be skeptical of Raphael Warnock. But likewise, Walker is this man who can hardly string together a coherent sentence. And we don't know what policy platform he's running on because he speaks in platitudes. So it's a tough situation in Georgia, that's why it's so close. But I think people are waking up to who they would be sending to the Senate if it's Herschel Walker. So thankfully Warnock is leading in the polls, hopefully that sticks. Ben? Yeah, it's so 
it's so disrespectful also just as a as an independent adult human for Herschel Walker to be sent with handlers to be in every interview literally just not like I'm endorsing him I'm endorsing him I'm a legit center and I'm okay with this and you make a good point about his ability to string together sentences. He does speak in platypus, and when he speak in platypus, the main point is that werewolf and then warnock sound like warlock because werewolf destroyed by vampire. I didn't know vampire couldn't be destroyed by werewolf on account of garlic. And if you didn't know that, then you vote for Herschel. Three abortions, you get your fourth abortion free. Wow, you got my vote. I didn't know that was his policy platform. Thank you yeah. for letting us know. Yeah, I wanted to clarify. It's hard to get it through the mainstream media, so I wanted to make very clear: platypus, warlock, just defeated by evil, evil vampire, uh, abortion punch card. I had it all wrong. I was distracted by Ted Cruz and Lindsey Graham. Oh, because the nodding, the nodding. Yeah, no, they're agreeing with the platform, the platypus as well. <laughs> Absolutely brilliant. All right, we've got to go to this next story. This is a good one. We could talk about Herschel Walker all day though, but we have good news to deliver. This is huge. A federal judge on Friday filed a nationwide cease and desist order against Amazon. This is stipulating that Amazon cannot fire workers for union organizing, which is something they have done, which is against the law. So here is some reporting from Vice on precisely what has gone down. The court order filed in the Eastern District of New York by Judge Diana Gujarati demands that Amazon cease and desist from discharging employees because they engaged in protected concerted activity and in any like or related manner interfering with restraining or coercing employees in the exercise of the rights guaranteed to them by section seven of the NLRB, the National Labor Relations Act. And so Seth Goldstein, who is an attorney, a labor attorney who works with the ALU said this is huge. This is the first cease and desist order against Amazon from a federal judge. If Amazon fires employees or takes any action against employees for organizing, violating their section 7a rights, Federal courts have the ability to sanction Amazon. So that's huge that it is federal courts and not just the NLRB. We have another quote from Christian Smalls who said this is a huge victory for workers organizing. Not only will it show that the union works, it will encourage more workers to get involved. There will be a public reading in the building which requires the company to read the 30 page judgment to all 8,300 plus members of the union. but also posted up inside the building until the case is resolved. The public hearing will begin within the coming days and will be accompanied by a board member of from the NLRB for compliance. And Seth Goldstein described just how huge it is that they're going to have to read this ruling to the workers directly. Seth said this is the first time a judge has called for a public reading of the notice at the JFK warehouse. They will also be served with a copy of the order. This is not the NLRB, this is a federal judge giving the order, which is huge. And Seth Goldstein expressed that he was very happy about this decision. But let's keep in mind, there are key organizers who were there since the beginning of the founding of the ALU who have been fired for their organizing back in 2020 during COVID. And while Seth Goldstein says he's very happy with the ruling, Christian Small says you know he's happy with the ruling. 
everyone is disappointed that Gerald Bryson has not been reinstated. So the order was a response to a petition filed by Gerald Bryson, a former Amazon employee who in 2020 was fired for protesting the company's lack of safety protocols regarding COVID-19. So Gerald Bryson is someone who was participating in the initial walkout. He's participated in a lot of the protests at Amazon. He's key in organizing the union with Amazon. And for some reason, they didn't think it would resolve the union busting that Amazon has been engaging in. They didn't think that it would make sense to reinstate someone who was fired for exactly this as a part of the resolution to this case. Thankfully, the cease and desist order will have some protections for this happening in the future, but G should be reinstated. So more reporting from Vice on this. At the time, the National Labor Relations Board found that Amazon had illegally retaliated against Gerald by terminating him and demanded that it reinstate him. Judge Gujarati's order denied Bryson's request to get his job back because it claimed it would not have a significant effect on workers willingness to organize. See, that doesn't make sense to me. This is someone who is central in organizing at Amazon at the JFK 8 warehouse. Of course, having a former Amazon employee in the warehouse with the workers talking to them about the benefits of a union would impact workers willingness to unionize. This is someone who was fired for organizing in 2020 and who can very clearly make the case to the workers why they should join the union. Of course, it would impact workers willingness to unionize. Not only that, but he was fired for unlawful reasons. So here's a quote from G directly. I'm glad the judge ordered Amazon to stop retaliating against the workers who are organizing for better conditions. And I'm glad she agrees that Amazon broke the law when they fired me. But I can't believe that I have to keep waiting for justice. This will be another year that my kid won't get a Christmas just because his dad was demanding protection from COVID at work. So they really need to get G back in the building, let him go back to work and allow them to keep organizing because this is illegal union busting. And this kind of coercive tactic on behalf of Amazon really impacted the recent election in the Albany warehouse ALB1. More reporting on that from Vice. The employer's coercive threatening and retaliatory conduct destroyed any possibility for the region to conduct a free and fair election while also creating a sustained atmosphere before and during the critical period where voters uninhibited desires, uninhibited desires were completely chilled, the ALU filing read. An Amazon spokesperson said the company had nothing to add at this point regarding the cease and desist order. So Amazon knows that they've been doing something wrong here. That's why they have absolutely nothing to say. They know that their union busting is the only reason they didn't win in this election. And while there's all forms of union busting, a big one is firing the workers who are organizing with the union. Now, Amazon will continue to do things like whenever organizers at the warehouse and on eight hold an event where they decide, you know, we're gonna tell people about the union. We're gonna give people some food while they sit and talk to us. While the organizers are doing that, Amazon managers will set up a counter rally on the other side, a barbecue and have games and food for their workers so that they come and hang out there instead of talking to the union organizers. So union busting comes in many different forms and Amazon is getting really creative. But this is huge that a federal court can uphold that Amazon cannot fire the union organizers for organizing. Ben? I'd like to disagree with everything you said. I'm taking <laughs> Amazon's side on this, Jessica. Just uh-huh. because, first of all, just because 
the good people at Amazon give pizza and barbecue at the exact time of a union organizing meeting. That's coincidence, we got a big schedule and they keep saying they want our workers at Amazon to be able to have breaks. So we give them a break whenever they get a chance to organize, it just seems to overlap. Secondly, totally agree with the judge, makes no impact whatsoever if the leader of the union one of the one of the organizers of the, un, the Amazon labor union gets fired for organizing. How would that have an effect on on discouraging people from organizing in the future? They're not going to see those as related whatsoever. Sure, you might get fired if you participate in the union, but that's like comparing apples to apples, and that's the same thing. There's no need for a comparison. So obviously. I'm kidding because this is insane. This is Amazon yet again in every way using their power to usurp people's power. I never understand it. They're spending millions and millions of dollars to fight people organizing and unionizing at their at their facilities instead of just giving those millions of dollars to their employees and fighting the inevitable. They will be able to succeed. They've already succeeded at JFK 8. They like you said were defeated in the in the Staten Island factory vote recently because they were literally just at the exact same time trying, they had anti-union reps coming in and talking to them, holding, making them have a, a forced audience and telling them, no, no, this is actually not to your benefit at all, it's all good, but vote freely. Go ahead and do what you gotta do, vote freely, but this is a bad, bad mistake and just coercing at every level. So frustrating, even with good news like this, they now will be able to to immediately put injunctions against Amazon for future firings like this. Of course, it comes still with not caring about the worker, which misses the whole point. Not reinstating Bryson says, oh yeah, on paper, unionizing will be allowed and Amazon won't be allowed to bust up these efforts. But the worker himself, that doesn't matter, does it? Well, that's the whole point. Exactly, exactly. So reinstate my guy, G. Give him his job back, allow him to continue organizing in JFK 8. And by the way, yes, they won the union election in JFK 8. But it's very important that these workers get a contract and that requires more organizing in that warehouse. So by not reinstating him, you're giving Amazon a leg up in making sure that contract goes in their favor. And of course, they're going to appeal this ruling and fight it in court because they have all of the money in the world for lawyers. But this is still a big win for workers and the ALU. They have really good lawyers and they're really dedicated in their organizing efforts, and this will definitely discourage, uh, you know, them from engaging in union busting in future elections. So it's a huge win for labor. We've got to go to a break. We'll be back after this. Welcome back to Unbossed, everybody. Let's see what y'all are saying in the comments. We've got TYT member Lynn says, "Doing push-ups." Graham started yelling, "Stop the count!" Stop the cat. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. On Twitch, Anwar says, oh, Anwar Hair says, Ted Cruz doing Morse code with his head nodding, like SOS. Yes. <laughs> uh, on YouTube, Cognizant Reconstruction says, You two are some of my favorite humans. I don't know you personally. I'm picky. So hopefully it makes you smile that I like you. LOL. I think people would be happy to know that Ben and I are good friends in real life. Yes, indeed. We hang out. We do hang out, and I appreciate the compliment. It does make me smile. Look. <laughs> Beautiful smile from Ben. Beautiful. Thank you. Okay, 
Let's talk about uh, something that's coming up. You've heard of it, it's chaotic, it's Black Friday. It's gonna be this Friday, we're a few days away from it. Some would call it the worst day of the year. Uh, it's the day when every person shopping forgets how to be a functioning member of society and respect basic human decency and personal space. Let's watch. Well, thankfully, this holiday season, workers are standing up against corporations. Check out this headline on Black Friday, workers of the world unite against Amazon. Mm, around the globe, demonstrations are scheduled in at least 32 countries led by at least 80 unions against Amazon. It's titled Make Amazon Pay Day of Action. Those organizing the event said Amazon is squeezing every last drop it can from workers, communities and the planet. We are workers and citizens divided by geography and our role in the global economy. But we're united to make Amazon pay fair wages, its taxes and for its impact on the planet. That was from Mark Grunberg of People's World Reporting coming from the organization Make Amazon Pay Day of Action. So Amazon is projected to make record profits again this holiday season, of course. And as a nightmarish reminder, Amazon CEO Andy Jossie earned 6,474 times the median Amazon employees salary. But workers could be in trouble because incoming House Republican uh, rulers, so lawmakers, plan a barrage of anti-worker laws. Um, so this could bring things like the Anti-Pro Act. So while we've been trying to pass the Pro Act, they're trying to pass the Anti-Pro Act, slow walking union recognition elections, no card check, comp time instead of overtime, convoluted requirements bosses can impose on workers seeking paid family and medical leave. And let's not forget there are cases being heard before the Supreme Court that could jeopardize the influence of the NLRB when workers are striking. So Black Friday is madness and workers really face the brunt of it, whether you're in a warehouse or you're in one of the stores that's being swarmed by a mob. Ben? Well, I mean, I hate to disagree again, but I like being <laughs> swarmed by mobs. In fact, my <laughs> sexual quirk is being stomped on by Black Friday crowds. So mm. the fact that a lot of that's been going online lately is harder for me. It makes it, and pun not intended, sadly. So there's that. Um, I also think, sure, the CEO of Amazon's salary is 6,400 times more than the median employee. But so what? It's not 7,000 or more times. If it hit 7,000 times more, I could see that being a problem. 6,6500 times more, that's just unreasonable, but it's not insanely unreasonable, except it is. It's completely insanely unreasonable, but it could be worse. So keep that in mind. It could always be slightly worse, which is the best way to encourage large corporations to not make change. Is they could say, yeah, it's not 7,000 times. It's in fact their new slogan is Amazon. We don't pass the savings on to you. Our CEO, though, does not make 7,000 times the amount of our normal employees, just 6,400. So I think it needs to be shortened as a slogan because it's hard to fit onto like a bumper sticker and whatnot. But um, listen, Black Friday's coming. And Amazon's gonna do its part to be a, a, a responsible corporate citizen by 
artificially lowering its prices on a handful of items. So people don't realize the way it is destroying the planet. And people wonder why all of these different unions that aren't even Amazon related are supporting this is because Amazon lowers the standards for workers across the planet. They enable it to be a hugely profitable company at tiny thin margins. The demands coming from the Amazon labor union here in the US are not crazy. It's a higher minimum wage, it's slightly longer break times. So and slightly more reasonable productivity standards. So people don't feel literally as they do now that if they go pee pee, they will be fired. If they don't go pee pee inside of a bottle at the factory floor, they will be fired for their job. And I don't know why I said pee pee. It's probably because I'm going to my mom's house for dinner tonight and she still says that and I'm an adult man and I have to beg with her to stop saying that. <laughs> Brilliant, Ben. Yes, couldn't agree more. Speaking of Andy Jossie, <laughs> uh, <laughs> mark your calendars for no, or November 30th. Yes, it is November. So many of the elites in the world will be in one place on November 30th, and you're gonna wanna be there in New York as well. Look at this, the New York Times is hosting an annual deal book summit on November 30th, and all of your favorite villains will be coming to town. Take a look at this criminal lineup. So we've got people like Eric Adams, the mayor of New York, Sam Bankman Freed, Shu uh, Chu, the TikTok CEO, Larry Fink, BlackRock chairman, Reed Hastings, Netflix founder, our boy Andy Jossie, the Amazon president and CEO, Van Jones, Mike Pence, Benjamin Netanyahu, the former prime minister of Israel, the extreme far right prime minister of Israel. Uh, Zelensky will be there, Janet Yellen will be there, Mark Zuckerberg will be there. A lot of very powerful people and a lot of people who have been up to absolutely no good. So this, this event will be uh, hosted by Andrew Ross Sorkin, who said the following. We're thrilled to be returning to an in-person gathering this year, convening the major power brokers and innovators who have been the cornerstone of the Deal Book Summit year after year. Every year we bring together the most consequential people at the intersection of business policy and culture that are impacting society. The conversations this year will address the complicated turbulent global landscape and seek to find solutions for the future of business tech policy and more. Wow. Sounds like a long way of saying we're gathering together the evil people who run this country for profit instead of in the interests of the people. And so people are going to rock up to this to let them know that this kind of world order is unacceptable. Here's what Chris Small has posted to Instagram with photos of the attendees, including Andy Jossie. He said, nightmare blunt rotation, uh, all I wanna know is who's with me, shutting this stuff down with the address 10 Columbus Circle, New York, New York at 8 a.m. until they piss off the people in power. They want Andy Jossie to come to the table and negotiate with their contract, but a lot of people are showing up just because they think it's unacceptable that this many members of the elite class in the United States are having a big meeting to celebrate their successes and probably make plans for continued corporate overlord rule of us, the plebs. So people in power will not change things unless they're made uncomfortable. And showing up to events like this to send a message, that will make them uncomfortable. That is how we get changed. And thankfully, there are people willing to come together and make that happen. Ben? Yeah, um, I don't know that everybody on the list is evil. There's a couple of-, uh, of Yep, not so bad. 
of not so bad people on there. I mean, Ben Affleck will be there on behalf of Artist Equity. The question in everybody's mind is, will he bring JLo? I hope so. Um, <laughs> JLo can defuse any situation. Um, Mike Pence, though, in what planet is he one of the consequential people? He's not even consequential in his own household. He's decision maker number two in his own household and decision maker number 7,000 in his own country. In what way is anybody listening to Mike Pence? The guy is starting the slowest, weakest rollout of a presidential campaign possible. And the man who wanted to have him killed on Jan 6, he's still on the fence about how he feels about him. Also, probably as a programming note to the good people, the New York Times probably was the wrong call to call their session with Mike Pence. Hang with Mike Pence. I don't think that was necessary. Seemed like it was too soon for me to call it that, but whatevs, you know. And the reason for anyone who doesn't know that that is a big deal, if you haven't keeping up with the January 6th coverage, it's because people were literally chanting, hang Mike Pence. So to call it hanging with- No, it's not actually called that. I was just kidding. It's not actually called that. Oh my God, but I thought you were serious. I wouldn't put it past the New York Times. They're absolutely tone deaf. Um, <laughs> Let's be real. Headlines no, like onion articles. But it is a good chance to hang with Mike Pence, so you can get your tickets now. Amazing. All right. I want to cover this one last thing because I really want to get your thoughts on it, Ben. I'm wondering if we can jump uh, to Elon Musk. It's a skit of what would happen if he took over a company like Twitter in an EU country. Let's watch. Listen up. As you know, I have just bought this business and I've fired half of the workforce. For those of you that remain, you will need to learn to become hardcore, working long hours at high intensity for the sake of this business. No, you didn't. I didn't what? You haven't fired anyone. You've just started a 30-day consultation process that's required by law. Now you will have to justify why those redundancies are required for the business and satisfy regulators that you are compensating those employees appropriately. If you don't follow that process, the business will face heavy fines and your employees can claim 12 to 18 months of wages as compensation. You guys are averaging only 38 hours per week at the moment, and that is going to have to increase dramatically to between 50 and 70 hours a week if we're going to streamline this business. Do you realize that you can get sentenced to prison time for forcing workers to work more than an average of 48 hours per week in the EU? So imagine, just imagine if Twitter HQ was in a country in Europe where there are actual protections for workers. Would be amazing, would be amazing. There's a lot of truths that can be identified through comedy and expressed in a way that us giving you the news straight up as headlines cannot. But there are some headlines of what's actually going on in the United States. Elon Musk has just been firing Twitter employees who criticize him which is a terrible reason to fire someone and in the EU could not happen. So I hope this guy continues making skits and, and pointing out what's going on in the United States is how it's ridiculous because it is. The fact that you can be an at will worker and be fired without any sort of consequence, any sort of advance notice or severance is something that's just not observed in other modern countries, Ben. I'm moving to the EU as soon as this broadcast is done. I'm packing my stuff up. I'm just gonna take a picture of my background so nobody will know the difference. Um, yeah, it sounds pretty good to work over there and sounds pretty terrible to work at Twitter these days. It is a chaotic hellscape known in the past pre Elon Musk for having 280 characters. And now with him there, 281. <laughs> Honestly, like 
I think if I were to be a Twitter employee, I would not even be pressed. I'd be like, it's time to go full goblin mode. Like I no longer care about keeping my job. I'm just gonna mess with Elon as much as possible. Yeah, why do people retire or quit when places go crazy? Like when everybody would quit the Trump administration because they couldn't stand for what he did. How about keep your position of power and stand up to him? How about usurp his authority in clever under the radar and on top of the radar ways? I refuse to let this man ruin the country, so I'm gonna let him do it easier. I'm stepping down effective immediately. It doesn't make sense, you're inside the machine. Mess with it a little bit like Omarosa did. Yeah, yeah, literally. You're in such a, you're in the belly of the beast. You have so much more power than we do from the outside, although. People have done a very good job trying to take down Twitter, but Elon Musk is still using Twitter to push his political agenda. I mean, he's his tweets get pushed to my timeline so much, and he's all talking. He's talking about wokeness. He's talking about how Donald Trump should be reinstated. Like it's all chaos, and it's kind of fun and interesting. But it's also like a billionaire bought the public forum. And now he's firing employees who disagree with him so that he can run it in a way that he wants to. It's very dystopian, so as much as it's funny, it's also scary. It's an important public square that he purchased so he could be the only voice at it. <laughs> yes, yes. I'm Elon Musk, yes, 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 I'm, I'm, yes. Uh, uh, all of my opinions are gold. I will tweet racist things constantly <laughs> and uh, uninformed things and then take them down later. Mm-hmm. Yes, verified. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He's not paying the eight dollars, Jessica. <laughs> he paid forty-four billion instead. That's a good point. He did overpay slightly. Yeah, yeah he paid forty-four billion. Good point. He should get the free eight dollar, I guess, if they're gonna they're gonna stick with that. He should pay just like everybody else because we're all equals and we all have free speech, right? That's what this is all about. Free speech. Oh yeah. Yeah. I've, I've been forgetting on account of the way he's running it over there. Yeah. I thought his <laughs> voice mattered more. My mistake. He didn't realize that like activism and and people not liking him is also covered under free speech. Mm-hmm. Uh, he didn't he didn't plan for that. He thought it just meant uh, adult white men can say whatever they want without consequence. He balances it out. He lets the right wing speak freely, and the left wing doesn't get to speak, and that way it's kind of a balance right in the middle. Yep, he has free speech, and we have the freedom to dislike what he says. Yep, are we out of time? We are out of time, Ben. We've got to go. Where can the people find you? Rebel HQ, Ben Glebe. At Ben Glebe on socials. The Mad King is my new stand up special on YouTube. Please watch it. My first special is called Neurotic Gangster, also on YouTube in five parts. So you get little breaks. That's it. It's been fun being on with you, Burbank. Happy Thanksgiving. Thanks for coming on, Ben. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Thank you for being with us on Unbossed. We'll see you on Monday. Thanks for listening to Unbossed. If you like the show, then you'll enjoy our other podcasts on TYT Network like The Damage Report with John Iderola, Indisputable with Dr. Rashad Ritchie, and The Young Turks. Make sure to listen and follow, and if you like what you hear, give us a five-star rating.